Welcome to a special edition of the About Mansfield podcast, where we talk in a three-part series about manufacturing in Mansfield. Friday, October 7th, the TMAC organization, the Texas Manufacturing Assistance Center, held a conference right here in Mansfield, right here in the Selmark building. And after a lot of the guest speakers spoke on stage, they were brought into my studio to talk about manufacturing. In this episode, part one, we will hear from State Representative David Cook, Shoot Help CEO Austin Larimore, Methodist Mansfield Medical Center CEO Juan Fresquez, and Bell Flight's Glenn Isbell. And we invite you to check out parts two and three, which can also be found on your favorite podcast player. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. And for those listeners out there who have been listening with any regularity, you know that, uh, well, I mentioned it at the beginning of every episode that we broadcast from the Cellmark Studios. And today we are actually broadcasting from Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio 3.0. This is literally the very first interview that we are doing from the new studios. We don't even have the sound blankets up, so if it sounds a little echoey, it's because it is. And uh, 2.0, which we, we moved into two years ago, the very first interview was the mayor of Mansfield, uh, the current mayor of Mansfield, that being uh, Michael Evans. And the first interview for Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio 3.0, some of you may know him as the former mayor of Mansfield, now state representative David Cook. Welcome to About Mansfield. Well, thank you. I'm honored to, to uh, be your first uh, guest here on uh, Cellmark 3.0. It's, it's exciting. It's very cool. And you are here today. We are going to be doing interviews throughout the day. You're here today as part of the TMAC, the Texas Manufacturing Assistance Center Conference, and you gave the opening speech. You gave the welcoming speech, and I, I, I just wanted to maybe ask you if you could touch on some of the key points that you uh, you touched on in, in in your speech. Sure, Steve. Well, first of all, I mean, I, I was uh, honored that um, you know the TMAC and the city of Mansfield asked me to to do that, and you know, as someone that grew up here in Mansfield, um, really, what I tried to highlight, you know, to the to the folks today with this being a, a statewide event, you know, where people were invited around the around the state that really wanted to focus on the, the difference in what Mansfield looked like as, as a kid to me or as a high school student. So I talked about being rec- being recognized as a guy of the month, you know, for for my high school class in April of 1989. That's right. You're the pride of Mansfield High. Absolutely. Class of 1989. <laughs> in April of 1989, I was recognized by the Key Club and Kiwanis Club as, as a guy of the month. And I only bring that up to to emphasize that I can remember the businesses that, you know, that were around during that time period. And it was a very short list. Unlike today where, you know, in the city of Mansfield, we, you know, we really uh, benefit as a city with having so many industries in and around uh, the city of Mansfield. And, you know, so I, you know, pointed out in 1989, you know, the businesses that I remember were very, very few. Uh, We had uh, best made Pickles, which everybody knew as the pickle sure. factory, and yep. uh, anybody that was around, and you know, of course, everybody remembers the cowbell. Not a not a large employer, but other large employers really were. Um, you looked at Trinity Forge, uh, Mauser was, you know, they were just getting their footing in the city. Right. Um, so it was a very very short list, and 
And, um, you know, so really what I talked about today was what it looked like then and what it looks like now. And how did we get from what it looked like in 1989 to what it looks like in 2022? And of course, bringing client tools to Mansfield was a huge coup. <clears throat> that's that's exactly that's exactly right. And that that uh, took place early in my tenure as mayor. I started serving in 2008. And what I talked about today, you know, in my introduction was, you know, the tools that are necessary for a state to have the success that Texas has. I mean, we are we are far and away just blowing the doors off of, of other states yeah. when it comes to recruiting businesses. And so those those tools that a, that a state and counties and cities and school districts need in their toolbox are things like 313 agreements and 380 agreements and, you know, the Texas Enterprise Fund that the governor has uh, has control over. Those are all tools that uh, allowed us to bring, you know, a company like Client Tools that promised and committed and contracted to bring 585 jobs to the city of Mansfield. And not, I mean, not only have they delivered on that commitment, but they've gone well beyond that. And what a great addition to our community, Klein Tools is. Let's go back for just a second. You mentioned 313 agreements, which uh, for the for the listeners who don't know what that is, explain what that is. And you had mentioned uh, before we started the interview, this may also come up in uh, in the next session at this at the state level. The 313 agreement. Yes, you bet. Yeah, so 313 agreements are what school excuse me what school districts use to attract or you know to uh, uh, to uh, incentivize businesses either to come to Mansfield or to retain businesses in Mansfield. And at the city level, you know, we use a 380 agreement. That's what it's commonly referred to as. It's just a statutory definition, you know, uh, a chapter that that re- refers to what a city does as, with a 380 agreement. School districts use 313 agreements. And, and yes, you're correct. The, the issue with 313 agreements is that the authorization is expiring at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And so last session, Knowing that we, you know, we had uh, legislation that was intended to extend 313 agreements. Unfortunately, that was unsuccessful. And so I know that my colleagues and myself will be pursuing emergency legislation. What emergency means is that um, it could be effective immediately as opposed to, you know, a lot of times you see laws being effective 9-1, you know, September 1st after the legislative session. You know, we usually meet from January to May. And so if we're successful in getting it passed, we would be moving for it to be cl- declared as an emergency, which means that it could have immediate effect so that school districts don't lose that tool from their toolbox. And it's very important for, you know, because usually when, you, when you're successful in bringing a client tools to a community, it, you know, it's going to take the cooperation of of the state, the local county, the city, and the school district all working together in coordination. And so I'm a big proponent of, three, of 313 agreements, 380 agreements, the you know, the uh, state of Texas uh, Enterprise Fund. Those are all uh, ways that we can recruit businesses to, to Texas. And, and obviously the state has been very successful in bringing business. And that's why, you know, while we're you know starting next session with a you know $27 billion surplus <laughs> sure. you know, as a direct result of, of companies like Klein Tools that are, you know, relocating to Mansfield or, you know, or people like Cellmark that are making the commitment, not just existing in our community, but they are making a commitment to, you know, to the community, like what James Sellers and Cellmark are a perfect example of that, where where, you know, James made an initial, you know, um, you know, commitment to the city of Mansfield and fulfilled that. And then he had phase two and, and now he's just completed phase three. So I guess y'all are aligned in that, that in that manner. With yes, three, three yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. But it's just amazing to see, you know, people that are, you know, they're really wanting what's best for the community. And obviously, uh, when they make the commitment, uh, this city really does get behind our local businesses. And it's what a great community we have today in 2022. 
In the minute or so that we have left, any projects that you've got coming up uh, that, that you're going to introduce into uh, uh, into the legislature in, uh, in the next session? Sure. Yeah, you bet. Uh, we're going to focus on you know property tax relief. I mean, it's still the you know the biggest um, you know the biggest concern, the biggest mm-hmm. issue that that's brought to me as I talk Thank to you. fellow Thank constituents. You. Yeah, appreciate that. It's I mean <laughs> it's the one that you know that's near and dear and, and 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 practical with you know with rising costs and inflation you know level being at you know historical highs. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta give some relief there, and and the good news is, like I talked about a few minutes ago, there is a surplus in in the state, and you know, I know that the governor's talked about using some of that surplus to buy down property taxes, and but we will need to have actual property tax relief, and I, I intend to file several bills with regard to property tax relief, and I really, you know, knowing knowing you know how you know how the sausage is made, so to speak, sure. being a former mayor, obviously city councils, county commissioners, school boards, you know all the local officials, they set the tax rates, but the system upon which those rates apply to is our appraisal process. And so the work that you'll see me working on is more about the appraisal process. I, I, I think communities will do the right thing. And I think school boards and city councils and county commissioners will do the right thing with regard to setting the correct rate for the most part. There are some exceptions out there, but I really think it's the appraisal process. And that's where we need reform in that area. And that's where I'll be focusing my efforts on with regard to property tax relief is, a, is reform the actual appraisal process because that's what that's what's hitting people is yeah. you know you say the you know say the city here in Mansfield you know they they take a penny or two off your tax rate but your value goes up ten percent every year it's just, <laughs> it doesn't do you good you're still right you're still that, losing you're still paying more yeah. than you did the year before that and as a homeowner I appreciate any help and, and so thank you you bet thank Steve you. State Representative David Cook uh, keep fighting the good fights and uh, thanks for representing not only our district, but from the city of Mansfield. Yeah, you bet. And thanks. Thanks for what you're doing. I mean, I, I just, you know, I applaud your commitment to the city. I remember when you came to our community and, and you're one of those two that you're a giver, you know, and that's what you find, you know, out in, in Mansfield, Texas, you find a lot of people that are willing to, to give back and willing to, yeah. you know, to be a doer, not just, you know, someone that sits back and complains. And I've always, always found that uh, you to be a contributor to the city. And, you know, I like what you're doing with this podcast. And I, Thank you know, you. I just have uh, best wishes for your successes as you, as you tr- try to promote the city of Mansfield and what we're doing here in the community. Hi, I'm Jennifer Cowley, president of the University of Texas at Arlington, and you're listening to About Mansfield. We're back on About Mansfield, and we are broadcasting from, uh, number one, our brand new studio, which we've only been in less than 24 hours, and also broadcasting right down the hall is the TMAC conference, which is taking place at the Selmark building, TMAC standing for Texas Manufacturers Assistance Center which is actually located right up the street in in Arlington. And with us in the studio right now is Austin Laramore. He's uh, with a couple of companies, Shoot Help, and Shoot, that we're talking rodeos here, C-H-U-T-E, Shoot Help and Bot Bros. Austin, welcome to About Mansfield. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, that's one of the most common things that we have to explain is how to spell shoot. <laughs> how to spell shoot. Yeah. Oh, shoot. It's, right. Okay. Got S-H-O-O-T it. is what we get a lot. <laughs> so uh, keywords anyway. You're here with the TMAC conference. And first question is why? What uh, what does shoot help or bot bros have to do with manufacturing? Yeah. I ask myself, why am I here sometimes? Why would they want to hear from me yeah. a lot of the times? But um we're here because we're entrepreneurs, uh, my family and I, uh, we've started a manufacturing business. And like what I like, what I told the folks out there was, uh, I may not be able to tell you what to do, 
but I can for sure tell you what not to do yeah. in your facilities because we've made mistakes. We've we've been through a lot of these uh, these things where you know implementing equipment uh, and automation is one of those things that's really hard. And so I think we've got a lot to say about you know smaller businesses that are wanting to get into automation. Mm-hmm. You know we're here to help and we're here to to spread uh, the you know our story to to help others that are wanting to get into it. Rumor has it you are you're, you're building a better mousetrap in a in a sense. Rodeos have been around for hundreds of years. They use the same shoot. You're building a better shoot. That's right. And uh, the way we did it, so we started this business. Uh, my grandfather and I. Yeah. Um, uh, he has sadly passed away in April of this year, mm. but he definitely left a great legacy, which is this company. And he had a great idea about actually simplifying uh, what's already out there. So a lot of other products on the market, people have to use an electrical hookup, you mm-hmm. know, for electricity or compressed air to operate these gates that the the steers and, and cabs are going into. Well, what ours does is it actually uses um, uh, free power sources that, are, that have been here for years. One is gravity and the other is solar. Okay. And so we use the weight of the animal to power the front and the rear gates. The weight of the animal. That's right. Okay. So there's a floor inside of our chute. And when they step on that floor, it goes down. There's a pivot point at the back. And as they uh, walk forward, the gates kind of close behind them because of a mechanism on the side. But while they do that, it spring loads the front. So it's kind of a rocking mechanism. As they go forward, a set of counterweights lift up in the air, which they're wanting to come back down because of gravity. Right. Okay. So right now, this as they're in there, this thing's spring loaded. So when you let them out, the gates are going to open which you use with a remote, which is run by a 12-volt battery, which is kept charged by a solar panel. When they leave, so nothing happens until they leave, but when they do, those counterweights, like I said, want to come back down. And when they do, it shuts the front and reopens the back. So you can set this chute in the middle of this parking lot, and if you can get a steer in there or whatever, it's going to work. And this is already patented, so people aren't going to try to steal your... Correct. uh, That's why I'll freely tell you whatever you want. (laughs) There you go. Uh, We've got a very strong patent in in two countries. And then what is Bot Bros? This sounds really cool. Yeah. So because we had such a bad experience with an integrator trying to put in our first robotics system that we were forced to learn how to integrate this thing, basically on our own. We paid a lot of money just to have to learn how to do this, which is kind of odd to me. So... I figured that there was a space out there where there's probably a lot more po- poor souls like me yeah. uh, that probably need help. So we started a company that that will build simple welding cells for folks in a turnkey kind of, it comes to your door, you plug it in, it's programmed with your part. That way that we eliminate all of that, you know, that that hardship of of this integration process. So when it comes to manufacturing, you you, you really don't have to, you don't have to invent the wheel. It's reinventing the wheel. In a sense, like I said, you're building a better mousetrap. You're building a better chute, a something, again, where you, you don't need electricity. And, and that's one of the ways of becoming a success in manufacturing is take something and, and make it better, as opposed to, like I said, reinventing the wheel. Sure. Uh, there are so many people on this earth now that it is true. It is really hard to make something truly unique yeah. and, 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 and individual. Uh, when you do, that's usually when you get a patent. But 
one thing that my grandfather taught me and has always preached is, is if, if we build something complicated or if it is complicated, we're probably not going to build it because we're not smart enough to do it. So keep <laughs> yeah. it simple. That's the thing. It's, it's making complex or even complicated uh, things simpler. And, and that's, that's a big difference. If you make something complex, that's kind of adding layers to make it better. But if you make something complicated, that's a whole different story. You don't want to do that. So we're more on, let's, let's keep it simple. Let's take something that might be hard, remove some roadblocks, but, but don't complicate it. If someone out there uh, in, in the minute or so that we have left, uh, wanted more information about shoot help. And again, that's C H U T E shoot help or bot bros. How can they, uh, how can they find you? Yep. That that's uh, we're, we're online. We've got two websites. So shoothelp.com and bot bros co dot com so um bot bros covert company dot com i'm gonna let you get back to the conference austin laramore with shoot help and bot bros appreciate you being on about mansfield yeah, thanks for having me on hello i'm city manager joe smolinski and you're listening to about mansfield broadcasting from the tmac conference from the cellmark building here in mansfield and actually broadcasting from the brand new podcast mansfield recording studio we've literally have been here less than 24 hours if you're hearing maybe Maybe a little echo in my voice. It's because the sound uh, blankets have yet to even be put up. Literally, day number one in Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio 3.0. And literally, we are steps away. We are just uh, maybe 10, 15 steps away from the conference, which is right down the hall. So if you hear any uh, pitter-patter of voices uh, as they're coming down the hall, it's because we're, we are actually part of the conference. With us in the studio right now, President and CEO of Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, that is Juan Fresquez. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Thank you, Steve. Pleasure to be back on day one of your, your new location. Well, and, and it's kind of day one, really, of Cellmark's 3.0, their, their new expansion with the, the, the big conference center that they've got going on. And so it's, it's really exciting here that it's, it's all brand new. It even smells new. It is. It's, and it's really impressive. Let's talk about how Methodist Mansfield is involved. Number one, what brings you to the TMAC conference? Uh, TMAC asked me to actually be part of their healthcare uh, panel uh, that they had to talk about healthcare workforce and challenges in the industry. They, I think the plan was also to talk a little bit about industry trends and what what our needs are from manufacturing in healthcare. Yeah. Uh, regrettably, we didn't get to the to that. We spent a lot of time on workforce and workforce challenges, and never really got much time to spend on industry. Which may be uh, why I was asked, "Hey, go over to the well, podcast." Well, yeah, we can do it right section. now. Hey, here's our chance. So, what? It, how does manufacturing play into uh, into medical centers? Oh, it it drives everything we do. Okay, uh, and you know they. You know, if you'll think, you'll hear some folks talk about the cost of, uh, of, of new technology and its impact on uh, healthcare. And, and, but, you know, the upside of that is it always seems to result in better outcomes for patients and oftentimes reduced length of time in the hospital or what mm -hmm. we call length of stay. And that is a big cost saver for, for hospitals. And Man Methodist Mansfield in particular, as the population's growing, uh, you know, we are, have a fixed number of hospital beds. And so it's important for us to, to move patients through that, what we call the continuum of care right. from the admission to discharge. And so any, any opportunity we have from an industry perspective to reduce, uh, 
or to be more efficient, or what I like to say, reduce waste uh, or wasted time uh, is a huge benefit for us. So sometimes uh, the industry we learn uh, or we gain efficiencies in workflow uh, as it pertains to where we move things, where we have equipment stationed uh, so that there's less transit time uh, to how we sometimes clean a room. Right. And so, you know, we have industry professionals that will come in and review what we do and how we do it. So it's and all it's all based down to efficiency. Oftentimes. And then there's the industry side that uh, that deals with technology and advances in technology. And, you know, there's always a need that physicians have. They'd like to do something better. I was talking a little bit before about when I first got into healthcare. uh to take someone's gallbladder out was an open surgery. Yeah. You know, where they, the surgeon had to cut somebody open. We're in the hospital for, you know, five to seven days, yeah. depending on, you know, the, whether the gallbladder was ruptured or not. And so that, you know, a big deal. Um, and then we went to minimally invasive laparoscopic surgery, which to me looked like almost like chopsticks doing surgery. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, about 15 years ago, I had uh, I had hernia surgery, mm-hmm. and it was done laparoscopic. And I literally have two scars that are probably a half an inch each, yep. right above the belly button. Yep. And obviously, I slept through the whole thing, but I was uh, I was up and running wasn't yeah. lifting a whole lot of stuff, but up and going the next day. The next day. Now we have the robotic surgery where they're out the same day. And right. so they come in in the morning, they're out in the afternoon, and they're back to work usually a day or two later, if that. Right. And the big um, news out of out of Methodist Mansfield uh, recently is the, the carpal tunnel surgery. Um, so not a surgery, but but, uh, but it's really a procedure. Non- yeah, procedure, non-invasive procedure yeah. that... Is uh, a, a huge benefit to we've seen for some of those patients that uh, may not be surgical candidates just due to you know obviously when surgeons want to take a patient to surgery they want to make sure that they're healthy enough for that and so these are awake procedures that are done under under a local uh, anesthetic and it's ultrasound guided it's very impressive right back to what we talk about new technology in the industry and kind of how they. Uh, how these new procedures and the industry really helps us. Yeah, uh, and I'd forgotten about that. Thank you for bringing that up. It's uh, we've we've actually seen patients that are right after the surgery able to to show marked improvement. In well, and I'm hearing that one of the most recent patients of the uh, the carpal tunnel uh, came from Tyler. That's that, true. And actually, uh, thanks to your marketing person who told me that they heard about this procedure on this very podcast. Oh, awesome. And word got out from one person to the next person to this this woman in Tyler and uh, came out to Methodist Mansfield yeah. uh, as a result of, of hearing it so here. So we call those medical tourists. They actually come from... <laughs> medical and, tourists. And uh, nice. it's, a, it's, a, it's actually an industry term, medical tourism, where folks fly in or drive in from uh, to get procedures or sure. maybe surgeries, uh, either with specific providers or at facilities that have capabilities, whether it's technological or uh, in the hands of a specific provider, you know, new. new to, and that's just, again, the advances we make are week to week sometimes in our industry. It, to me, it's always been scalpel and and uh, and sutures just because of, of, of my age, but I'm blown away by robots. Oh, it's, and, it is... Pretty slick. I was 
you know, I go to the OR periodically to, you know, see how the workflow is going and I oftentimes meet with the, with the physicians as part of my job. Yeah. And, you know, I remember the days where the surgeons are actually leaning over the patient, you know, to get into the abdomen. And you can imagine the stress of an hour of that position uh, without being able, obviously, to put your hands down to reinforce your body mechanics or your or ergonomics. It, you know, cause a lot of back pain. Sure. And so then you complicate that with perhaps mm -hmm. a surgery that where you're leaning over and then turning to the side to perhaps do some type of pelvic surgery. And, you know, an hour of that is just debilitating for surgeons. They couldn't do many surgeries uh, per day just because of the pain they would endure. And now with the robotic surgery, they can sit down and do that surgery with the patient right next to them. And they're at a console and the robot's doing the heavy ergonomic work. And it is very fascinating. What's the, what's the name of the robot? Uh, the ones that we have, uh, we have two with a third coming this month. Uh, they're DaVinci. DaVinci. DaVinci XI. That was it, yep. uh, Made by the Intuitive Corporation. It is really fascinating. And now with virtual reality, I, I'm seeing TV commercials for Meta, which owns Facebook. And Meta is talking about the, the Metaverse, where you can do multiple heart surgeries before actually touching an actual heart. And is virtual reality becoming a player in the medical field? It's definitely for simulations. And yeah. the simulators now are so real. Uh, and you know, we've always had the opportunity to do to use the robotic surgery and training for animal cadavers mm -hmm. uh, to be able to you know we call that sometimes the bone lab or the pig lab or and uh, you know that's how surgeons learn uh, before they actually get on a patient. Uh, but now with the the virtual reality, the the surgeon can actually use the robot and do a virtual surgery on a patient that's a human patient uh, virtually. And it has all the same look, feel, and everything. The only difference is that the robot's not actually doing surgery. It's all within the confines of the, the simulated pod. Right. I've, I've taken you away from this conference no, here no. For, uh, for, <laughs> for some time now. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to Methodist Mathfield, uh, maybe a website? Tell us something good oh, about the hospital. Oh, well, the hospital continues to thrive. I think I'd like to, to give a shout out to the community to thank them for all of their support for the past two and a half years as we now kind of come on the back ends of the pandemic. It has been a challenge for for the community uh, as much as it has been for healthcare providers across the country at the changes we've made in the industry just uh, just because of the, the pandemic, we've learned so much. And uh, virtual care has jumped forward a decade easy in, in, in utilization that we thought it would be. Yeah. And I was talking to some of the industry colleagues here at, at TMAC. I was telling them about you know all the things that we've seen come out of this two and a half years that technology is driving. And I find myself talking to a lot of uh, young adults, high school, college kids, you know, asking for, you know, I'd love it if you could help design an app to do this or to do that. And right. uh, for, for those of us in, in real world, you know, if we can, if we can take advantage or 
our support. I don't like to take advantage. We can support our students uh, with real application. It's it's a great thing. And so you were uh, you were a guest on about Mansfield just a couple of months ago, yes. and appreciate you coming back on again. I'll let you get back to the conference, and uh, appreciate good seeing you again. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you, and thank you to Selmark for uh, hosting this conference. It's been a been a delight to be here today. Hello, this is Mayor Michael Evans, and you're listening to About Mansfield, broadcasting from the TMAC Conference, the Texas Manufacturers Assistance Center Conference, which is taking place today, October seventh at Somark here in Mansfield. And with us in the studio today is Glenn Isbell from Bell Helicopter. He's the Vice President of Prototyping and Flight Operations. That's quite a title, Mr. <laughs> uh, Mr. Isbell. Number one, welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess the first question is, what brings you to the TMAC uh, conference today? You know, what we were really talking about was some advanced manufacturing and really automation of how do you... Uh, use some of the uh, internet of things and connect your equipment to uh, using some of the new technology, right? And so you can get data off of your factory floor uh, and then figure out how to use that. So we've been kind of busy doing doing some effort there. And so we're asked to sit on the panel and uh, talk to a lot of uh, really smart folks from Utari and uh, some other businesses that were, were interesting. Yeah. When they, the, the TMAC people have been bringing me the guests to, to talk with and when when I heard Bell Helicopter, I kind of nerded out because I love things that fly. <laughs> and one of my favorite apps on my phone is the the flight radar. And 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 it's, it's like, okay, I actually follow some of the Bell helicopters okay. that fly around up in uh, north of Arlington. Okay, yep. And yep. which is one of the testing centers. Yeah, we have our flight research centers there in, uh, at the Arlington Airport. And so we do the, a lot of our flight testing for a lot of our products there. Um, kind of a lot of our next generation things, the cool things we work on uh, in so that facility. Let's bring this all back to to manufacturing. And obviously, there's a plant here, whether it's in Grand Prairie or Arlington, that uh, that that does the manufacturing of the helicopters. And yeah, so so we have our headquarters is here uh, in the DFW area. Mm-hmm. So we're in. Um, we're in officially Fort Worth, but it's right across the street is Hearst on Highway 10. So that's kind of where our headquarters are. But we have facilities in Grand Prairie where we do drive systems. So we do gearboxes there. We have our flight research center in um, on the Arlington Airport. And then we have a uh, our manufacturing technology center is um, located up in north of Fort Worth, right at the corner of kind of 820 and 35. Right. So, um, and that's our probably newest facility that we uh that we have the area where I always see the test flights. Um, usually, you've got maybe about three or four helicopters going up about the same time. That is around eight twenty, and yeah, so that is probably we have a we have our Bell Training Academy that's that there um, in Hearst near, near at our headquarters, and yeah. so we train thousands of pilots a year. Wow. Um, coming in every year, there'll be mechanics and pilots that we train. We'll have, you know, 50 to 60 to 70 folks in a week. Um, a lot of flights, a lot of activity going on. So it's a global, people come from all over the world uh, to the facility. I was just there this morning before I came here. So it's a, <laughs> okay. uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great place. Some of the best pilots in the world uh, are there so people can come in and uh, just gain from their experience and increase safety and those kind of things. You know, for us, it's a, 
Um, the helicopter is a, is a, there's a lot of safety things that come in, but having a very good pilot is is probably the most important. Yeah, thing. I'd say that's that's pretty key. <laughs> most important safety feature these, you can have. Are the helicopters actually they're manufactured here? And we do we do blade manufacturing and gearbox manufacturing here. So some of the key components and some composite parts we assemble actually in Amarillo. Texas, okay. mm-hmm. uh, and then we assemble in our in a, a lot of our commercial aircraft just north of Montreal and and uh, Quebec. Uh, All right, let's go back to blades. Then the blades are manufactured here in the DFW area. What types of jobs are are required in to, to manufacture yeah, yeah, a blade? Great question. So we do our 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 primary uh, method of manufacturing the blades is we bond them together. So some blades are made out of metal, and so we bond pieces of metal together in a very specific way. Uh, but obviously, it's a high tolerance piece. And then all the latest ones are composite. So it is a we have uh, a lot of bonding technology where we'll take a fabric, carbon fiber fabric, and a resin system. We'll lay that in a tool. We'll then put that in an autoclave where it's a pressure cooker. It applies heat and pressure. Um, and then takes that fabric and hardens it. Um, yeah. And so um, that gives us a lot of life and a lot of, uh, they're light, they're strong. Uh, and that's really kind of the technology that is probably uh, first in the world, right? So it's uh, there's not a lot of places that do uh, rotor blades uh, in the world. And so we, and we do all ours in-house uh, with a great set of folks. So we have a, a whole factory dedicated to that. And we have a lot of research trying to understand, hey, how can we do this better? How can we do this faster as we go through? In the minute or so that we have left, uh, do you want to give a shout out to uh, whether it's Bell Helicopter in general or uh, the, the specific uh, helicopter uh, models that, that, that you're pushing out? Uh, yeah, I, I would just say of, you know, a lot of times we are a, we're a relatively small aerospace company. You know, we, mm-hmm. uh, we're not, um, we're a tenth of the size of the Boeings and the Lockheeds and those kind of things. But just right here in DFW, it is home to um, one of the leading uh, aircraft manufacturers on the planet, right? We do tilt rotors as well. So it's kind of a hybrid, uh, it takes off vertically, but right. it flies on wings. We do that for the Marine Corps. We have another one and a future vertical lift for the Army that we're proposing, and that contract is imminent. So just there's a lot of great in this space. In this, with we have Lockheed over on the west side, we have kind of Bell on the East Fort Worth side. Um, this area is really leading the way for uh, the world in, in, in a lot of aerospace sides. So um, there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of up and coming folks. So kind of really shout out to a lot of the folks that are trying to figure out what do they want to do next? The younger crew, um, you know, engineering is a great field for college, but Hey, the trades are awesome as well. Right. Um, and there's a lot of pride that goes into, um, our, our skilled hands-on workforce, um, that, that, you know, puts their hands and hand builds these aircraft from scratch. And it's a, it's a, it's an awesome uh, career and awesome endeavor if you like that kind of thing. And if someone was interested in a career with Bell Helicopters, uh, is, is there a website? Or? Yeah. So it's www.bellflight.com. Bellflight.com. And so we actually rebranded a little bit a couple of years ago to we, re- we officially removed helicopter out of our name. Okay. Because we're building more aircraft than just traditional helicopters. Uh, and we think that we are going to drive those things through, but it's, uh, but everybody's still knows us as Bell Helicopter because that's kind of who we've been in the in <laughs> exactly. here for 50 years. And so, um, but, but the bellflight.com, uh, a lot of different career uh, opportunities there, um, especially as we get, uh, look to win a couple of contracts here at the end of this month that will be um, big for us. So. He's vice president of prototyping and flight operations. That's Glenn Isbell from Bell Flight. Yes, that's right. No longer Bell Helicopter. <laughs> there you go. And, um, 
Appreciate your time. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thank you, sir. Hey, I want to thank you all for listening. If you want to hear the other episodes of this TMAX series, head on over to your favorite podcast player. It could be Spotify, Google, Apple, or even our website, aboutmansfield.com, and you will find the other episodes. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to About Mansfield.